Welcome to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. This week, PSVR 2 believes in generations, and GTA 6 is leaking more than the Titanic. Woo! Cue the intro, Jen. Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor, and you're listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brianna and Sam, on this lovely Sunday. And remember, you can find this podcast over at youtube.com slash savethegamemedia every Tuesday. While you're over there, make sure to subscribe to the channel. And patrons get No Limits early access. So get it by Monday at the latest. But if you'd rather listen to audio, we're on all your favorite podcast services, and would love if you could leave us a review. It helps us grow, and we would love any feedback. If you'd like to interact with us more, including sending in questions, join the Discord with the link down in the show notes. Discord's been popping off recently, and it's great. Um, speaking of the Discord and Patreon, if you want to support us and get access to all Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash savethegamemedia and choose the tier that's right for you. Sorry, right for you. Can't speak. Just like our current patrons did. Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, SAZ, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Aman, and our newest patrons as of yesterday, September 17th, I believe, Anna Hudak. Anna, if I pronounce your last name wrong, please yell at me and berate me in capital letters. And Nikolai at night. So please go to patreon.com slash media to check out all our Patreon-exclusive content, including a monthly Nintendo show. It's called Save the Game Boy that uh, myself... Kevin and Ethan were on our first episode and rotating hosts throughout the rest of it. Like I'm sure Brianna might be on one, maybe Sam in the future. Mm. Um, how about a 10? No, maybe Amon. Um, and also the leftovers, which is a gaming fitness cooking podcast, all wrapped into one. That's a passion project of mine that I'll be recording either uh, later today or next week. And also I believe the comic corner with Amon uh, where he goes over the latest comics and things of that nature. So, yeah, and that's just, you get all those just for one buck a month. So, it's pretty hard to say no to. And lastly, we're doing a God of War Ragnarok giveaway. To enter, tweet us or show us in the Discord that you are number one. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or review No Limits with a five star review. I'm sorry, rating on Apple or Spotify. You get one entry for each of those things, offering non patrons a maximum of two entries for the giveaway. And patrons get double the entries for a maximum of four entries per patron. So have at it, folks, and announce the, the winners on a fun Wheel of Fortune corresponding to the number of entries each person has uh, in October. And that ends October 3rd, which is, I believe, just oh, just over two weeks from this time of recording. So enter it, folks. It's going to be an awesome experience, and we'll, it's, it is the PlayStation game. So great one. So with that said, how are we doing, Sam and Bree? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, um, I'm, I'm keeping keeping good. I'm, I'm busy as always, um, overworking myself, I'm sure. But uh, no, it, it's there's some good stuff to talk about today, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm doing well. Luna just decided to join. She's in my lap now, so I'm even better now. So, what <laughs> is Brianna's cat for mm -hmm. for listeners who who don't know? Awesome. For me, I'm tired. I had the career fair this past week and I got my COVID booster yesterday, which left me with 
a bad night's sleep. So we're making it work. Um, but yeah, I'm doing okay. So with that out of the way, let's, oh wait, what am I talking about? What you guys been playing? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> not, not much. Um, nothing really worth commenting on. It's mainly the same as, uh, as last week where it is pretty much exclusively Dreamlight Valley. Um, mm. it's running in the background. My, my TV is overexposed, so you can't see, but, uh, I, I am still chugging away at that, working on it for IGN. So that has been consuming my waking hours and my, my sleeping hours. If that makes sense. I'm, I'm delirious on Disney, but still enjoying it. And is that, are you delirious because of you enjoy it that much or also the IGN coverage or I assume both? Um, I'm delirious because I'm uh, not sleeping enough because I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I have a vicious cycle when I do these projects for IGN where I don't tend to regime myself. I don't say at this time every evening I will stop and I'll give myself a couple of hours downtime to to relax i just keep going and try to get as much done in a in a given day as possible um so it, it that typically means that i'll finish at like maybe 11 half 11 at night and i will just sort of collapse into my bed um and then rinse and repeat the next day so and when do you wake up um 8 30 at the latest that's not that sounds like you're getting enough sleep oh at the latest yeah, I mean, I, I don't tend to sleep sort of solidly in, in that. Oh. I'm, I'm typically up a few times, and tossing and turning and whatnot. So, um, but, you know, it's not, not woe is me. I'm, I subjected on myself. Uh, I could very easily stop. And I will, once I get this project out of the way, I will have a little bit of downtime to sort of recuperate. Make sure you take it. Burnout's no fun. Awesome. And how about, how about you, Bree, with your strawberry glasses? Thank you. Um, I what have I been doing? I've been playing so much Returnal. Um, yeah, PlayStation game. We actually play those PlayStation games on this podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I just tried Returnal and then kind uh -huh. of embarrassed myself because I sucked at it. So I was like, I'm gonna get better at it. Oh, it's a hard game, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I've been determinedly getting better at it. Awesome. Um, and yeah just grinding away at it i get a little like uh impatient sometimes and just try to run through to get to where i need to be to progress the story um and just end up dying every time and then i get mad <laughs> mm -hmm. so when i slow down and like actually play the game i have a good time but sometimes i just like run at it so um been playing a lot of that i've been playing a little bit of dreamlight valley i kind of got mad at the game um because i keep feeding the raccoons and they don't want to be friends with me <laughs> it's personal at this point i'm very upset about it so mm. i kind of have put the game down because i got actually mad about it is it rng of why they don't befriend you or how did pretty much yeah there, there's no as far as i can tell and trust me i've done a lot of testing there is no rhyme or reason they have favorite <laughs> foods so, like, they do enjoy particular things and they will reject other foods. But sometimes you can sort of bribe them and then unlock them as a companion or get an additional item drop from them on the first go. And sometimes, unfortunately with Brie, apparently, it just <laughs> never, never decides to happen. 
I've unlocked a squirrel and that's it. And I don't mm -hmm. even want the squirrel. <laughs> so yeah. Um, other than that, I for some reason decided this week it was time to watch Love, Death, and Robots. So I yeah. like just binged almost all of that. I'd only seen like maybe six episodes before that. Is that an anime? It's animated, but it's not an anime. Okay, like a Castlevania um, type deal. It's yeah, so it's a Netflix um show. It's an anthology series where a bunch of different studios have mm. um like one-off animated awesome things. I highly recommend it. Um it was really good. Uh kind of messes with your brain, so maybe don't binge it all at once. But I did. <laughs> no kidding. What have you been up to, Taylor? <laughs> So let's see. I haven't played much games this week because of the career fair, but I did play a little bit of continuing to play Breath of the Wild just a little bit. There was like this, but I want my backup. I've been playing Breath of the Wild, but I've been having this increasing hankering to get back to Ghost of Tsushima to finish mm -hmm. it off and play the director's cut with all the haptics and the adaptive trigger stuff because the director's cut is accessible versus, I mean, as a product of PS Plus Extra. And I only had the base game, so but I have access to that version now. So I think I'm going to jump into that in the coming weeks. But for this past week, I played a little, just a little bit of Zelda. Like maybe, I guess the total play time was four hours, but like three hours of that was just having the game on, waiting for an event to take place to unlock a shrine. So mm. there was a shrine quest that needed a blood moon to occur. And a blood moon is an environment in the game where um, when it goes nighttime, um, sometimes the moon will turn blood red. And then it respawns all the enemies in the game from bases and stuff like that. It's actually important for grinding for certain pieces of armor, um, apparently. But So the shrine, the shrine quest was very obvious from the hints that you could only do it with a blood moon. And I must have spent like 45 minutes just um, doing the time skips at the campfire. When after looking it up, like, why isn't anything happening? Apparently, that doesn't work. You need to have the game on for a certain amount of time. Like, without skipping time, just have the game there on for, like, two hours and 48 minutes, apparently, before the Blood Moon triggers. So what I did was I was doing my homework then, and I just put the game on for idle on my other monitor, and just waiting for it to go. And then eventually at the corner of my eye, I saw the – after, like, after probably two and a half hours, I saw the the particles start going red, and I'm like, ooh, it's happening. So mm. then I finally got the shrine and – so in terms of total play time, it might have been like 10 minutes of active play time. In terms of <laughs> idle play time, maybe like three hours total just for figuring it out. But that was funny. Um, but yeah, like nothing besides that, but I want to get back into Ghost soon. So I think that's on my docket. Mm. Yeah, yes. the, the Dark Souls is starting to speak my name. So I can feel the itch going on. I'll probably go through all the games again shortly. So I get it. Oh, okay. I haven't. I've never beat Dark Souls three. I want to go to back to it at some point. That's the only one I have beat. <laughs> okay, I haven't beat Dark Souls one. The only from stuff I've actually beaten is Bloodborne. I got a little mm -hmm. bit through Sekiro, a little bit through Dark Souls one, and I stopped playing at the Capra Demon. Mm. Um, I don't I blame played, you for that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Dark Souls two. Only played a little bit of Dark Souls three. I think I defeated Vort and then put the game down for some unknown reason. Mm. Bloodborne's the only one I completed in completed let alone a large quantity i almost have the platinum for that game it's just finishing up chalice dungeons that mm. i've been putting off forever yeah but okay cool so dropping into the news here i guess i'll start sony has officially confirmed that psvr 2 will not be able to play games originally made for the original 
PlayStation VR, PSVR 1. So in the latest episode of the official PlayStation podcast, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience, Hideaki Nishino, Hideaki Nishino, as I was saying, confirms (laughs) that the PSVR 2 will not have backwards compatibility. Quote, PSVR games are not compatible with the PSVR 2 because PSVR 2 is designed to deliver a truly next-gen VR experience, and that's what we call marketing. Uh, This is brought to us by Tyler Lyles over at IGN. So, looks like PSVR 2 does, in fact, believe in generations. Um... (laughs) Unlike the PS5 and the PS4, as we've seen. But what do you what do you guys think of this? Maybe I'll start with Sam. You have the most stake here in PSVR. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't think this is as big of a deal as it seems. Uh, I think the main thing is that quote. I think that's what is annoying people because it does, like you say, reek of the whole we believe in generations thing. But it... it when we're talking about PSVR games, and this isn't me making an excuse for Sony at all, when we're talking about PSVR experience, or just VR experiences, I should clarify, it is very different to flat screen. Um, particularly, if this was like a, just an iterative headset where you know it was still the outside tracking with a camera and maybe it was just some new controllers and maybe slightly higher resolution um, in the headset... I would have a problem um, with the backwards compatibility not being available. But because it is now inside-out tracking, because there are obviously the the controller adaptations um, and resolution and frame rate and whatnot, it is difficult. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, the PSVR 1 version of Astrobot Rescue Mission... um, is now playable on on PSVR 2 without any work because in VR it is very, 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 very easy, I can tell you from experience, to get unwell um, due to dodgy frame rates or things not quite looking or working correctly. And, um, you know, in terms of your spatial recognition, that kind of stuff can really throw you off. Whilst it's a bummer to see that there is no backwards compatibility, I would add the addendum that, from what I've heard, they have tried to make it so PSVR 2 is as easy to port to as possible. Um, and okay. from what I what I can gather, a number of, at the very least, the bigger PSVR titles, whether they are exclusive to PSVR or not, are already being worked on by those studios to port across. Whether that's available for launch or not, we don't know. But um, yeah, I just think that they've worded that really poorly because it does come across as, oh, well, we think we can make you double dip, so we're going to. And I don't think that that's the case. I think, sure, to a certain extent, they would like you to double dip, but I don't think that that's actively what they're going for. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bree? Um, I mean, honestly, like exactly what Sam said, it, it's just genuinely that they're trying to express that PSVR 2 is so different that you can't just take it over. Yeah. And there's not much more to say about it um, beyond just like, don't stress about it because I guarantee, because a lot of the developers are also gamers. And so they understand that you just want to be able to play it on your PSVR 2. And I'm sure that they're going to work for just giving you free updates for those. So, 
Yeah, I was thinking about that too. They, um, I agree with what you guys said. VR is a different beast than a normal console, and it's. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not experienced with VR, but from what I understand, my intuition, it's not as simple to make a game backwards compatible on an entirely new VR system because of how specific the technology is to how the user experiences the medium, right? A game console, the fundamental way someone experiences a game with a game console hasn't changed in probably over 40 years that you have a controller, you put the game in your console or access the game on your console if you're digital and you play it with your controller. And when you're done, you turn off your console or put it on a standby mode, right? PSVR is a whole, VR is a whole different, much more involved physically medium that is probably much more, you have to take into account the user's motions so much more in a VR title. So I don't, um, I don't think they're just playing hard to get here. I, I think it, it makes sense. Um, is it unfortunate? Would I like to see PSVR games be backwards compatible directly? Yeah, but like you guys alluded to, I very much see Sony making select ports of games, maybe like an instant PS Plus collection for VR2 mm-hmm. owners or giving away, even just giving away some games like they did for the Play at Home to um, incentivize PSVR one owners who might be disconcerted by this news to to jump the jump the bandwagon onto PSVR two. So yeah. yeah, cool. All right, who wants to talk about uh, really to, quick? Uh, I don't know. If oh you want yeah, to almost forgot. Question. Yeah, sure. So Cipher Primus asked asked us a question in the Discord and about PSVR two, and he says, "Do you think Sony would have gotten a better reaction if they were more transparent about why PSVR games are not backwards compatible?" on PSVR 2. Um, I think, yes, I think the, I'd start by yes, I think uh, Hideaki Nishino, right, right, Bri? Hideaki Nishino. Okay. Would um, be, people be more accepting if he was a little more specific as to why, maybe like make a nice Mark Cerny comment about here's the technical reason why, but I don't think it would be that much better because PSVR 2 is already a luxury is already a luxury piece of tech like the PS5 and it's a niche one at that so there aren't there isn't a big consumer base for it in the first place yet so I don't think the aggregate response would have been that different it's still a bummer at the end of the day but it's like understandable mm-hmm. um yeah I don't think it would have changed anything but what do you guys think I think they may have gotten a slightly well I think they would have gotten a different response. I think that like people that actually kind of are on like the the beat for PlayStation would have been like, oh, okay. Like if you just talk to me like a normal human being and like explain what actually is going on, like everything will be okay. And then of course there would be the people that are like the anti-Sony people that are like, oh, they're just, they're just lying to you. This is all PR BS. (laughs) Yeah. So they would have gotten that either way. But I think that like the actual PlayStation people would have been like, oh, okay. Thanks for telling me like what's going on kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry, when I said it didn't change anything, it didn't mean it. W- I basically said what I didn't mean to say. That I think <laughs> if they if they actually phrase it differently, it would have changed things moderate, maybe slightly to moderately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what about you, Sam? I I would be inclined to say no. Like I think you know it, it's hard to tell what reaction they would have gotten if they had gone into like super deep tech specifics as to why 
it's not backwards compatible, but I also think that it is so much a case-by-case basis on why certain games wouldn't work depending on what bit of the tech is different between the two headsets. And also just the fact that like PSVR and just VR in general is still kind of, I mean, it's not a super niche anymore, but it is still very much a tailored market. It's not super, super mainstream. Um, It's far more widely accepted than it was even just a couple of years ago, but still it's got a way to go. And I think that those, the people within that market, they they kind of understand like the 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 disparity between the tech in each of the headsets isn't the issue it's just the games so even if you went into depth about the tech that doesn't change the fact that the games aren't coming across so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you you're kind of wasting your breath and i think they could have worded what they did say far better but it <laughs> is at the end of the day technically the truth so yeah there you go well, Sam, as the as the token Brit on the show, would you like to? Talk... <laughs> I'll shut up. Of course. Uh, would you like to talk about Microsoft Activision? And I will take it. I will take it. <laughs> so yes, my, the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition is expected to face deeper investigations in the UK EU, as it was announced earlier this month. Sony has responded to the CMA's decision to further investigate the acquisition and says it, I quote, welcomes the announcement. By giving Microsoft control of Activision games like Call of Duty, this deal would have major negative implications for gamers and the future of the gaming industry, the the, the firm said in a statement to gamesindustry.biz. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality gaming experience and we appreciate the CMA's focus on protecting gamers. Microsoft has responded to Sony's comment regarding the shooter franchise. Uh, In a statement to gamesindustry.biz, a spokesperson said, it makes zero business sense for Microsoft to remove Call of Duty from PlayStation given its market-leading console position. When when it said its market-leading console position, I assume they were referring to Sony. Yes. Okay. Um... I mean, this is, it's just a tangle of webs, isn't it? We've, I've, I think Xtalk have talked about this for a couple of weeks and so have we. It, like, it's not, it's still not a good look for either company. I think it's getting worse for PlayStation. <laughs> um, you know, because them saying we appreciate the CMA's focus on protecting gamers. Well, it, you're only talking about, playstation gamers um because anybody else will still have reap the benefits because it's going to be on game pass etc yeah um i can't remember who said it but uh somebody online on twitter said that um microsoft uh, sony sorry isn't afraid of losing call of duty it's afraid of game pass which is i think the crux of this whole thing because at the end of the day call of duty feasibly can be replaced it's just the prospect of something as big as call of duty right now going on to game pass being too alluring of a deal for people to pass up i think that's definitely a good point honestly at this point i i almost didn't want to include this just because it kind of feels like mom they did it again <laughs> like kind of stuff yeah i just like dude i just when i read the quote welcomes the announcement then. <laughs> 
they're like, yeah, you're getting investigated. Take that. I don't know. This is all just like so I know it's important stuff and I understand like the implications behind it. But sometimes it just feels so silly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. We've already beat this. I think it's a dead horse by now. Mm -hmm. One thing I will comment on is uh, we appreciate CMA's focus on protecting gamers. It seems massively entitled that game. It's why does hard. anybody get to decide how? Like, like that's no, the part I'm confused about. It's, it's it's like, why hard. do they get to decide? Yeah, it's very hard for me to uh, actually care about protecting gamers, a luxury hobby. It, they should have said what they should have said CMA's focus on representing the consumer that's what they should have said protecting gamers sounds so entitled and like stupidly luxurious where it's like yes the people who have this luxury product need protection from the horrible corporations of the world a service that they could reasonably abstain from and sustain their life forever it, yeah, I think they should have rephrased that. Um, mm -hmm. But you guys hit the nail on the head. This is just more of the jibber jabber, and Sony's coming out a little, little weird here. Um, I ju I just want this back and forth to end and the deal to finally go through and be done with it. I think it's it's the the, the last thing I'd say is, and I thought about it a lot, is that sony does an excellent job of trying to make everything all about them and this is a perfect example mm -hmm. of that but at the end of the day like this type of deal absolutely does need to be investigated very very thoroughly because these are the kind of megaton moves that can shift the industry not just for sony but just in general um and obviously we've seen i don't know whether you guys have seen it but um within the past couple of days uh, Phil Spencer has said that, you know, and we could assume this, but he has said that Microsoft is actively looking to acquire more studios. And it's like, well, okay, hang on. Xbox now has what, over 30 in-house studios? And it, it's kind of going for like a quantity rather than quality thing, because what do they currently have to show for it? And, you know, if if they're going to buy Activision Blizzard after Bethesda, like anything's on the table now. Mm -hmm. And if if we remove the, the idea of Sony making this about them, which is dumb and egotistical, this is the kind of thing, like, and I would expect this to be, if Sony was making this type of acquisition, I would want them to be very heavily investigated. You know, this isn't a, a Sony Xbox bias. It is just concern about consolidation, which again, we've, we've sort of beaten that conversation to death in and of itself. But do you think that Microsoft is trying to run PlayStation into the ground indirectly by making all these like all these acquisitions? I would say so. I mean, run them if, into the ground. If, I think they're trying to be more competitive. I wouldn't say obliterate but them. But at some point, like once you like own like half the industry, yes, at like, some point difficult. there's a tipping point. But I don't think Microsoft is there yet. Okay. Yeah, I I, I'd say I'd say that obviously they're closer than ever before, and if microsoft get the chance to deliver a killing blow they will um and well, that's where i think and, and and i know the whole thing of them talking about you know we just want healthy competition and it strives our competitors to innovate and be better and it's like again we talked about that last week to me that is just pr talk at the end of the day 
it's a business. If they can become market leader, it doesn't matter if Sony is still on the table or not. If they can wipe them out, they will, because the last thing they would want if they become market leader is for Sony to then challenge them and then retake the throne. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I just, think... Uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. No, you go ahead. Nope. <gasps> We're Children, fighting stop fighting. <laughs> um, so... God, I lost, I like lost my train of thought. And oh, I was gonna say, like, do you think that like PlayStation? I don't know. I'm like trying to like like parse out because I I haven't really thought of like the acquisitions in terms of like using it as a takeover. I think it's important to also like separate like a lot of the PR talk that we hear are like the actual humans that we're hearing versus like like the corporations. So, so I think that like the corporation Xbox and the corporation Microsoft would want to deal a killing blow to PlayStation. But I think that the actual people that work inside the industry and are like actually doing the day-to-day -day sure. work sure. don't. So I, I think it's like this weird dichotomy where it's like, you can see the corporate stuff at work, but you can also see like, cause we see on Twitter all the time where they're like, congrats guys. Like, and it's like devs reaching out back and forth to each other. So you see like this this camaraderie across the industry. Right. But the corporations aren't reflecting that. And right. it's unfortunate. And the overall decisions, uh, unfortunately, aren't down to the developers. They are down to yeah. your Phil Spencers and Jim Ryans of the world who are disconnected significantly from the development process. You know, Phil is a comp side background, so he's more grounded to it. But Jim is a businessman through and through who happens mm -hmm. to be at PlayStation right now. So mm -hmm. um, it's nice to see, yeah, developers don't like to see other developers hit the dirt, but unfortunately this, the decision, the decisions that decide if that happens or not are out of their control, unless they go on strike, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I don't, and I don't see that happening uh, yet. Mm, I think we're getting closer to that every day, honestly. I, I don't think so. Yeah, there's a lot of, we definitely don't have to get into the conversation, but there's a lot going on in the games industry that's kind of leading towards unionization. And I don't oh, think yeah. that that's going to happen without strikes and stuff happening. So um, I don't think we're there yet, but I think at some point we'll reach a breaking point in the industry. Yep. Okay. Well, that's fair. I just think that, well, it depends how Microsoft manages their employees, right? After the mm -hmm. Activision Blizzard acquisition, mm -hmm. if your employer is treating you right, what reason do you now have? What you sh theoretically should not have a reason to strike if your employer is hitting all their marks, but theoretically, Microsoft, that's theoretically, the big word, but Microsoft is inheriting a very troubled legacy at mm -hmm. Activision Blizzard here. So they have the work cut out for them to fix yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. On top of that, there's, there's a lot more nuance in the conversation than just like an employer treating you correctly, because you could be treated like gold while you're there, but at the end of the game cycle, you still get laid off because they don't need that many employees anymore. Well, so but by treating well, I mean also retention and not high turnover. Mm -hmm. Like that's all part of the equation. Yeah. I I think, yeah, there's a lot to go in that conversation, um, but hopefully I, it'll be fixed eventually. Yep. And I bet you will talk about this at some point in the next 60 days once again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Bree, tell us about this leaking. Okay. So I don't think you guys are ready for this. So in the leak of the week. And I am holding up a stuffed oh leak God. for our audio listeners. A stuffed plant <laughs> leak. It's not actually a plant, but like it's portraying the plant. 
Sam's taken off his headset. Sam is leaving. And I, this leaving. is my favorite thing he does is when he like fake leaves is he just like bends over a little bit. But you can see he's still there. <laughs> Anyways, so in our leak of the week. Come back. Isn't it so cute? It's really soft too. Yes. It does kind of make me uncomfortable though because it has this thing that you can kind of expose which like makes me uncomfortable. Uh -oh. We won't talk about that. What is that? What's that thing at the top? This? Is it safe for work? I mean, it is part of the leak, so yes, but it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Do you ha have you had leak soup before? Yes, I have. I've actually made potato leak soup. I haven't, but everyone's like, everyone has leak soup, and I'm like, I've never had a leak. Sam, I apologize. It was it was my fault. I told you no, that. No, it was. Uh, I told you that more, this would it was, happen. It was more that I was looking at the notes, and I was like, hmm, leak is spelled wrong. <laughs> And now I know why. Yeah, you're right. In the show notes, Bree has it as L-E-A-K. Twice. Spelt right twice. twice. Yeah. <laughs> or spelt right, I guess, if you want to go that way. Yeah. So that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, so I purchased a leak this week in case there was a leak. So I can always, every time there's a leak now, I can have the leak of the week with me. It hangs out by my banana phone. All right. Every time there's a leak and you're on the show, you have to take out the leak. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, what, so what's, what's the leak of the week? Yeah. Um, GG. GTA 6 gameplay may have just been leaked. Oh, it, um, it has. I saw the videos. <laughs> well, actually, sorry. Um, so, I can't tell if that's GTA 6, but there are videos already out there, yeah. There are videos, yes. Yeah. So, so zip file was posted early this morning to the GTA forums. Um, the file supposedly contains about 90 clips of footage from GTA 6. Um, the developer, Rockstar, and publisher Take-Two have not responded to the leaks yet. So um, it's yet to be confirmed whether it is authentic or not. Um, so... Uh, this comes from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Um, but yeah, I uh, this is so sad, but also like we haven't confirmed yet. It's sounding from what I hear like that this is authentic, um, just due to the nature of the videos and what's being revealed. Um, however, uh, it could still be fake, we don't know so. What do you guys yeah. think? I mean, what do you think of the leak of the week? Hold on, let me grab the leak again. Okay. <laughs> do you like his little face? Yeah. I think the leak is... I saw some of the clips, and there isn't... Could they have taken this out of a GTA Five dev kit? Yeah. From the fidelity of the character models and stuff, they could have. But there were some pretty uh, damning clues to the location in these leaks that GTA Five certainly was not GTA 5 and, um, oh my God, I forgot the name. What is it? Los Santos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This ain't Los Santos, guys. It's somewhere else. I won't spoil what it is, but it's definitely not Los Santos. So um, I think that's more reason to believe these are probably real from, and they look like from an older dev build, maybe a few years old. If it's current, I'm a bit concerned. But um, yeah, I think, I'm leaning towards 70% chances is these are actually real. Mm. I'm I'm 95% they're real. Um, I did some investigating just before we started recording and pretty much everyone um, in terms of insiders is going like, yeah, this is a thing. I like um, Schreier. Yeah. Schreier has said like he hasn't been able to 100% confirm, but in terms of the quantity... And what just what's on display, it looks like it is legitimate. Um, 
I've also heard, I think you alluded to it, Taylor, that it's from a dev kit build from 2019. Yeah, that's what I saw. Um, so that would explain why it looks a little bit rough compared to what I would necessarily expect or, or hope for from, from GTA 6. Um, yeah, it if it's, it's everywhere. So if you want to find it, you can. Um, I would advise do not share it because we do not know how aggressive uh, Rockstar are going to be in terms of DMCAing stuff. There have been a lot of lawsuits and stuff in the past with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 leaks. So don't don't share it. Don't post it, even if you're excited. Um, and also, leaks just suck in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that before. But uh, regardless of what game it is, regardless of the the renown or the reputation of the devs behind it leaks are they can help to build hype certainly um but they just suck for the devs and from what i'm hearing um as we would probably expect devs on the rockstar team are like heartbroken that this has gotten out even if it isn't reflective of what they are currently working on um they they are very very disappointed so yeah so yeah, I guess I would assume the disappointment comes from they know there's uh, almost a double agent from within. I don't imagine these leaks get out just from someone hacking a Rockstar database. I assume an employee comes home with a flash drive or something and uploads this. So do you think they're more disappointed the fact that leaked, or they're more disappointed that they that there is, for lack of a better term, a traitor somewhere in? in their, de- in their mm. development team? Because I think it's more the latter. Um, I think it's going to be more that the leak happened at all. Um, I think that in almost any studio, they kind of know that there are people that are like connected to the media. That's just unfortunately like the name of the game. Yeah. But I think that like, yeah, I think that that's like an extra like twist of the knife that it was internal. Um, but I think that like all of their hard work being like leaked in general is is just heartbreaking in and of itself okay yeah i I kind of don't think this may have a hot take i never thought leaks were that in aggregate i never thought leaks were that bad they only go to sell the only downside of a leak is a false expectation but other than that it creates a lot of hype in the game and in the game Mm. enthusiast space free marketing for the game I it, in this case me, I disagree. It gets me excited. So like seeing this, I'm like, I was kind of excited to see that it is going to be taking place in where I think it is. After all, um, but wouldn't that have been so much cooler in like a hype trailer of like first see, reveal? That's the thing. I feel like I would have had the same reaction whenever I got it, whether it was from a leak mm-hmm. or from the trailer. Would it have been I more so, presentable in the trailer? Yeah, but for some people, what I just said doesn't hold water. Like it's so much worse when you hear about it secondhand rather than seeing it from the creator themselves. For me, that isn't necessarily the case. It was that how it used to be. The only thing where I actually contradict that statement in my personal philosophy is spoilers. I just can't stand when someone spoils a game for me and Mm. I'm not experiencing what I should have been organically. Um, When it comes to trailers and uh, mediated procured information from a game studio, I don't mind it getting it through a leak, but I know Sam, you've expressed you think leaks are bad and breed. You don't like them either, but it's all right if we have different opinions. I mean, they taste good, but I don't like them. Right. I think I think it's it's a double-edged sword. Like I think I I do agree with you in in some scenarios, Taylor. 
but it, it, it depends very much on the content of the leak. You know, I still have flashbacks to uh, The Last of Us 2. Um, mm. And I avoided those I think, somehow. Yeah. I, I think it's the idea that, you know, some leaks are just a, a little bit of gameplay or, you know, a mechanic on display, something like that. And I think that those are the less egregious ones because they aren't kind of what you're saying, Taylor. But I mean, and I guess that's one thing that, at least from the clips I've seen, that is good about these leaks, if there is anything good, that they aren't actively spoiling any story beats or cutscenes. Um, you know, we may have learned some more information about like the characters and, like you say, the setting that we shouldn't necessarily have known yet. But other than that, it's not too damning in terms of the overall experience. But um, yeah, I think like when The Last of Us 2 stuff leaked, it's it's infamous now where people just made either misconceptions on partial knowledge or just dismissed the game outright. And you're kind of seeing a repeat of that here where, and to be fair, they are the extremes of the online community and it is far more of an echo chamber Twitter than you would necessarily expect. But there are people saying that, you know, it looks terrible and this isn't what I wanted from GTA 6 and all of that. And whilst ultimately GTA 6 is, of course, still going to do incredibly well regardless of when it comes out and how it looks, I think it is disappointing that the devs didn't get the first say and the first impression. Um, because now people, logical people, would look at a reveal trailer whenever that comes, which may end up actually being sooner rather than later because of this leak. They might look back and be like, oh, well, the leaks are different. You know, that's very clearly an old build. This is much more of an improvement than other people will be a bit more pessimistic in nature, which is, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. But hey-ho, they're out, they're out there now, so they can't do anything. It's just how they decide to handle them. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like coming from like more of like a game dev perspective, I just can't imagine the heartbreak of having like all of your work like leaked like that. I understand like what you're saying, Taylor, where it's like for like the consumer, it doesn't necessarily mean like, the end of the world or maybe it creates more hype or whatever but for like the developer to spend because you spend years of your life working on this product and god knows how many hours and to have like all of that hard work just like like it basically like unconsensually like released to the world like it's not a good look i don't know mm. and, and i i feel like if i was working on a game like that and like all of my hard work got leaked i would be absolutely heartbroken so but i guess i'm coming from the perspective of if you're a developer assuming there is a degree of uh anonymity <laughs> i can't pronounce that anonymity word. anonymity <laughs> if there's a degree of if you're anonymous right and the, assuming most leaks are anonymous i don't see how it's um, how does it make you feel that exposed without any identifying information as a developer if, yes, there's some work you worked on in the past that you see got online, but there's no way it can be traced back to you? I'm I guess not talking about the person that actually did the leak. No, right? I'm talking about the developer who made the content that got leaked. Okay. So, like, maybe then your coworkers, maybe you feel shameful from your coworkers is that I guess I don't see where it it gives a killing blow to if you're a developer assuming there's um it's not about it being a killing blow though right not it's a killing blow like, like how how is it detract from your work if there's no one that can identify it was the work came the work was yours 
I think it's less that, and it's more just that typically, and you would hope that most developers working on a game at least have some degree of passion towards yeah. that. And it's it's less like, oh, I made this poster that you can see in the background of a shop from the leak, um, and it looks a bit rough, and I don't want people making misconceptions about my level of talent. Or All right, I think maybe, maybe internally you might get a... a an unwarranted worse reputation, right? If a baker shows their cake when they're not even have all the icing on it yet, and it's just this big, messy blob of bread without any good presentation on it, I could see how you might feel exposed. Yeah, it, I think it's it's less about individual developers seeing something that they worked on be leaked. It's more the idea of like the cohesive unit of a dev team being prematurely put on display when it's kind of like if I, I mean I don't have any experience of this but I'm just going to make a hypothetical um say like there's this girl that wants to go to the prom and she's got like this amazing prom dress and she has this massive reveal planned and then five minutes before she comes down the stairs her nosy aunt shows a picture of her on her phone in the dress and it's like well yeah when when she comes down it's still going to look great and everyone's going to be like ooh ah that's great but it kind of detracts especially if the person coming down the stairs knows which is what devs would feel with a leak happening they would know that they aren't the people that get to be like here's something i poured my heart and soul into now it's yours it's like mm -hmm. well i was planning for it to be yours but now it's kind of yours already and it's not ready to be yours so we need to not we need to keep it back a little bit and then it's fully yours, but, it, but <laughs> I understand yeah. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it's just, it just is like sad. So sometimes it can create hype and I think that there are good leaks, but mm -hmm. in general. All right. Sure. So in more fun news, uh, games media has been hit by wave after wave of massive layoffs. Unfortunately, G4 TV, uh, known for their gaming programming from the early two thousands and recently revived, in the past 12, 24 months or so, it's estimated to have laid off 20 to 30 employees just in the past week. The UK publishing house Future announced a wave of layoffs across their many different news outlets. Fanbyte, the media website, also experienced a huge wave of layoffs, and Fanbyte, I believe, is Tencent owned. Mm -hmm. um, and this comes to us from Sam Desitoff, and in slightly more positive news, uh, Game devs on Twitter are trying to help cheer on their fellow developers. This is a trend going around where they are tweeting about studios that hired me and studios that turned me down or ghosted me, creating a plethora of public information available for cautious game developers looking for employment. That, yeah. that takes a lot of courage. I'm, that's great. Yeah, um, I think like for me, I, I personally, so I wanted to kind of like offset like all of the layoffs with like game devs kind of like helping each other because I feel like we're getting yeah. a lot of negative news at the beginning here. So I, I just to like kind of because I'm the one that did the doc this week, but um, that's kind of like what my idea was at is that like, yeah, like it's kind of to be like, I don't know, for me, it's like there's a lot of messages in in that they're like, this is who hired me. This is who didn't hire me. Um, it's a lot of like, don't give up like your time will come in the games industry and stuff like that. So I thought that was like really like heartening and it's like good to see something nice happening, but yeah, lots of layoffs. I think it's, it's, 
an unfortunate um, reality at the moment that unwarranted or not, or, or should I say warranted or not, these media sites are shifting because of uh, trends in terms of SEO, um, like I know Fanbyte in particular laid off pretty much everyone except for people within the guides department. And that is now pretty much exactly what Fanbyte is going to be. Um, I guess, thank God I work in guides. Um, <laughs> not that IGN would, I think I would think wouldn't be hit by layoffs. Um, at least not like anything major. It might be one or two, but then that's nothing new for any company. They're still the premier um, gaming news company. Yeah, exactly. And they, they get so the, much yeah. flow through from, from search engine stuff. So I, I think IGN are probably safe. Um, but yeah, it, like it's weird. I ultimately, I can't say I'm surprised, but it's more just the fact that particularly fanboy, I will point out like we're kind of, going one by one eliminating people um they kind of did it really shitty too like i don't know if you saw the stuff with like imran khan where he was yeah. like literally working for them in a different country and they fired yeah. him while he was asleep oh but imran like, khan worked for them oh uh -huh. mm -hmm. um yeah like it, it it it's just it just sucks like I, I was going to use a bit more uh explicit language there i guess because not that I at all feel like I'm brethren to these people, but I am within the sort of spheres that they work in. And, um, you know, I, I know one person from future who was, who was laid off. Um, yeah, you're a bystander. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just really disheartening. Like if you have to lay people off, give them time because otherwise you're just leaving them out in the cold. Hopefully a good severance at the very least. Yeah, there's Which there's I, been specifically G4 TV had some pretty good severance packages. It sounded yeah. like. Yeah, the only thing, so. unfortunate thing, is so much of the game industry is freelance. And if you're mm -hmm. not a full-timer, freelance is not considered full-time, you ain't getting severance. So yeah. I bet you there's, unfortunately, a lot of people who do this work freelance that have nothing to show for uh, in the coming weeks and months where they go to find new employment. Um but at least, yeah, at least for the salaried staff, uh, there is a severance. Heartbreaking. Boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in much more exciting news, who wants to hit it off, guys? Sam, you got it. Who we had a, a new state of play, everybody. Yes. This is what, uh, Thursday, September 15th? That sounds correct. No, it was, it was Wednesday. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It was Tuesday. Because both of them happened on yep, Tuesday. Yep, the direct happened on the same day. Wow. My perception of time <laughs> this week. But anyway, Sam, go on. Um, how how we want to tackle this, guys? We want to go through one by one and talk about them as we go? Or should I just hit it all? Dive in? Hit them all. We will open at the close <laughs> then. We got a new God of War Ragnarok story trailer um, alongside the announcement of a God of War uh, DualSense exclusive design controller. PS5 is very excited for audio listeners. Yes, yes. Um, we got a new uh, dystopian futuristic game called Sinduality announced. Rise of the Ronin, a new action RPG from Tin Team Ninja, was revealed. There was a new story revealed for Stellar Blade, which was formerly titled Project Eve. That was uh, a previous PlayStation showcase, I believe. 
uh, we got a first look at the digital collectibles as part of the PlayStation Stars loyalty program. Hogwarts Legacy was there with a haunted Hogsmeade PlayStation exclusive quest shown. We got a, a look into Pacific Drive, which is a first-person driving survival post-apocalyptic game, which looks kind of cool. Uh, like a Dragon. Ishin. There Ishin. we go. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just, just going to say Ishin, and I was like, well, Ishin. that's, that's going to be wrong. Uh, that was revealed, and it's coming out February 2023. And then two PSVR2 titles were unveiled. Demio, which is a, t- a tabletop dungeon crawler, coming to uh, PSVR 2 and PS5 in 2023, and then an enhanced edition of Star Wars Tales from the G- Galaxy's Edge uh, is also coming. And the, we, we started at the close. We are ending at the beginning. There was <laughs> a first trailer for Tekken 8. What did, what did we think of the, the state of play, guys? I know you live reacted, Brie, but uh, thoughts? Thumbs up for me. Uh, it was good. I uh, it was kind of hard that it was on the same day as like Nintendo's. Um, so I just like hard. What did you feel compelled <laughs> to compare? Why was it hard? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It, it it's almost like when I because I did live reacts for both of them, so it's it's really yeah. difficult to not compare. I think it was a fantastic state of play, but in comparison to the Nintendo Direct, that, it was Brie. like difficult. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's hard. It was good. I'm also like a little bummed that I got to see so much of, of Ragnarok. I really didn't want to, um, but in the nature of just being part of the live react, unfortunately got way too much revealed. Um, just it looks to, great. It looks great. I, it does look great. Um, I can't believe we manifested the PS5 controller. Um, it must be all the crystals on my desk. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think like a lot of it was looked really cool. Specifically, I'm like really confused about Pacific Drive. Like, very confused, like what that game is. But other than that, I was like here for everything. So, yeah, hmm. yeah. Awesome. I- I'm I'm pretty much the same. Not that a lot of things spoke to me personally. Like, Sinduality didn't really do anything for me. Rise of the Ronin. Hmm. kind of just looks like a less good ghost of tsushima in my opinion um stellar blade just isn't for me um it looks cool both times they've showed it but it's just not something that i'm actively like looking forward to i may play regardless um hogwarts legacy might as well not have been there uh dare you playstation (laughs) playstation stars digital collectibles to be fair I will say, that could have, I, you could have missed me on that, man. I I actually didn't mind that. Like, I, I've struggled to comprehend exactly what that is going to look like. But it, if it is as harmless as they seem to be portraying it to be, I'm actually kind of interested. <laughs> they might be tricking you. You don't know. The, like, the trophy hunter in me is like, I must have all of the digital collectibles. Um, <laughs> so it depends on, on how... Hard or why did that come on? That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> uh, I'm well, I'm better lit. Who cares? Um, we can see you better than ever. Like a dragon is that's a nice surprise, especially that it's coming out so soon. Yes, um, I, I'm going to talk about that more when I go. And but... then none, neither of the two PSVR titles got my my blood pumping. I would have preferred to have maybe seen another first party um, PSVR. Like I think, assuming it is coming early 2023, which is what they said. 
it's kind of like time to start showing stuff. Um, I know they said like, I think 20 games they said a while back was going to be available at launch. So we know about a good few of them, but I would imagine there has to be something else first party there, whether it's a Sobo, whether it's uh fire Sprite. It, it just didn't do anything for me. And I'm with you that I could have done without seeing Ragnarok, but it, that everything is, that they showed was excellent. Like I'm even more so hype, which I didn't think mm -hmm. was possible. The trailer really did look so good. I like kudos. Like the trailer looks fantastic. I don't want to take away from that. However, that very much felt like I just watched the whole movie kind of trailer. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I don't think. So. I think they, I think they know. Carefully, yeah. Yeah, I think they did show a lot, but I think that I think Santa Monica is, you know, um, aware enough as a team that the biggest pull of particularly God of War 2018 and assumedly Ragnarok will be the narrative and the big wow moments, the twists, the reveals. Yeah, I think the part I was salty about was when I, I won't like spoil the trailer, but there's a part where Atreus shoots something. And yeah. I was like, I can't believe you showed that in a trailer, damn you. But again, like, you know, I, I guess it depends on what perspective you take. I'm more of the perspective of if that's what they're willing to show, what aren't they showing? That is uh, definitely a positive way to look at it. For sure. Yeah. And I think that they are holding off on a lot of stuff from everything that I've heard from the dev team. They've been saying, like, even some people have said, even a couple of the devs have come out and said, like, you think that is, you think this latest trailer is something you just, you have absolutely no idea. Okay. Now again, that makes me feel a little better. Are they overhyping it? Can they possibly deliver on that? Because again, that trailer was like phenomenal. Uh, that's TBD. But I, I have faith in them that they know what they have on, 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 in, you know, in their hand delivered to mm -hmm. us. So. Awesome. That's fair. What are you thinking, Taylor? Um, I, I echo much of the sentiment from the God of War trailer. Well, not that I wasn't, I never had an ounce of, oh, I wish I didn't see this. It just gets me more excited for the game and it looks fantastic. But I want to talk about Yakuza news. I was going crazy in the Discord <laughs> when this happened. Uh, those who don't know me, I'm a massive Yakuza <laughs> fan. I've played Yakuza 0, beaten Yakuza 0, Kiwami, which is a remake of Yakuza 1, Kiwami 2, which is a remake of Yakuza 2. I've watched plot summaries for Yakuza 3 and 4, and I'm currently playing Yakuza 5, going in order um, after Yakuza 5, which was, fun fact, Yakuza 5 was originally meant to be the last game in the series before it was rebooted with Yakuza 0. So Yakuza 5 is an, an anomalously long game. It's like near 60 hours. Um, oh and then Yakuza 6, I, I have after that, and Like a Dragon, the first Like a Dragon. Um, but I was talking to people in Discord like over the past year and even just a week ago before the state of play was even announced that how great would it be to see Yakuza Kenzan and Ishin and sorry Ishin um, localized to the West. For those who don't know, Yakuza Kenzan was a, and Ishin are two spinoff Yakuza games. Ishin is a sequel to Kenzan where there it's a feudal uh, storyline where it still has characters from the mainland Yakuza games, but they take up new roles in feudal Japan as samurai-like characters. Kenzan is stuck in Japan on the PS3, and Ishin used to be stuck on Japan on the PS4. The fact they're remaking, they're localizing Ishin, let alone remaking it, I couldn't believe it. Um, I am ecstatic for the news. They're also changing the name of the entire franchise from now on to Like a Dragon instead of Yakuza. 
So besides, so Ishin was announced here, um, the remake for the PS5 and other platforms as well. These are all coming to all platforms. But also they announced in Ryu uh, Gogotoku, I think that's how you pronounce it, RGG, uh, I'll say from now on, the studio who makes Yakuza games announced in their own direct, sorry, in their own state of, in their own presentation that yeah, the sequel to Like a Dragon with Ichiban is coming and it will involve Ichiban and Kuryu's coming back, the main protagonist of the seven Yakuza games, zero through six. So I, that seems amazing. And also Like a Dragon uh, Gaiden is coming out, which will be um, an adventure showing us what has happened to Kuryu since his departure from um, the Yakuza games in Like a Dragon, where it takes real backseat to Ichiban. And also Judgment and Lost Judgment are coming to PC. So it was a huge Yakuza news blowout. And I was so ecstatic to see Ishin's getting localized. Uh, I'm beyond excited for it. It's one of the few niche games I've franchises I follow. But I'm so excited to see it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd like to comment on Tekken 8. looked excellent. I thought the gameplay of Tekken 8 was CGI, not in-engine, but it was in-engine combat-wise for a lot of the trailer, which was staggering. So I'm very interested to see how that game turns out. Um, just a spectacle. But yeah, those are my key takeaways. Yeah, I did want to say like for specifically for the like I should have called it out. I wasn't thinking about it, but for like the Yakuza, like when it started, the trailer started going. I was like, they're really like because the way that they talk, it's um, like a particular type of slang that they use. Um, and so I was like, this really sounds like Yakuza talking. Um, and I should have said something because like I, I guess I'm just like not on the beat for like that franchise but i like i probably could have shouted it out before they like revealed what it was um but yeah it was like i was it was a weird moment where i was like oh that makes sense why they're talking like that then <laughs> so it's it i'm very excited for you i'm not part of that franchise but um i love seeing people excited so thanks if nothing excited. else i highly recommend you play yakuza zero it is an incredible story it's an incredible story. What at the kind of least. gameplay are we talking? Beat em up, action, beat em up. Mm, okay. Third person. I'll think about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there, um, but like a dragon is a turn-based JRPG mm-hmm. with mm. Ichiban. Okay. So, and you don't need to play the other Yakuza games to understand like a dragon. There are some Easter eggs and um, carried over certain characters and styles where you will recognize it if you've played the previous Yakuza games, mm-hmm. but like a dragon requires no experience in the other Yakuza games to understand its narrative. Okay. Yeah. I don't love turn-based, so I probably could all the other games are beat em ups, including judgment and lost judgment. So yeah, the, the beat em up I might do, um, especially if it's free. So I'll think about it. Well, it is. Yeah. Yakuza zero is included on PS plus. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, Yep. So I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll think about it. That's the only yeah. reason I ended up trying Returnal was because it was free. Okay. Yeah. And so it's I'll definitely yes. Yep. Okay. Anybody else want to touch on any of this? I'm so upset that you said Hogwarts can live, like Hogwarts Legacy shouldn't have. How dare you? I'm so excited about that game. I got a new water bottle, by the way, and it is a, a Harry Potter water bottle. So mm. take that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so excited about it. Anyways, um, do you want to jump to the next story? Is that okay, Taylor? Sure. Okay. So we have more uh, movie I news. I can read it. <laughs> Sorry, I was asking if it was okay if I read it. Oh, okay, okay. Sure. 
Okay. Um, so movie news of the week, it's really quick. Um, but David Harbour and Orlando Bloom have been cast in the new Gran Turismo uh, film. It's expected to come August of 2023. This comes from Justin Kroll at the deadline. Yeah, I think it's also not only are they cast, but David Harbour will be the lead. If I'm not mistaken. No, <clears throat> David Harbour won't be oh, the lead because whoops. from well, okay, so I'm just going based on um, what I've heard from other um, like podcasts and stuff like that. But it sounds like the main protagonist is supposed to be a teenage, a young teenager uh, black guy, um, and he's none of those things. So <laughs> I don't think he's going to be the main character from what i understand he's going to be like a mentor role in the show mm. but i could be wrong okay. and it sounds like orlando bloom might be like some sort of like antagonist yeah yeah um essentially i think harbour is going to be co-lead i think the film will be centered around this sort of young up-and-comer driver who, who's trying to get into the big leagues harbour is playing uh like a mentor, like like Bree said, who is kind of out of the get. It's it's the usual tropes that you would expect. You probably mm. can anticipate what I'm saying before I say it, where he's like out of the game and he comes him. back in to help this guy yeah. like train Rocky. up. Right. Um, and Orlando Bloom, from what I can gather, is yes, like an antagonist, but I think more specifically, he's kind of like this um, high up business guy who is not running the race program but is like financially invested in who wins and sort of mm. is behind the scenes controlling things and is therefore likely against whoever yeah. the kid is and, and david harbour so i mean honestly i wasn't gonna watch the film until i heard orlando bloom was gonna be in it and now i'm gonna watch the film so it's working so <laughs> wow see i love both those actors oh, God, and i'm still not orlando gonna watch bloom? it <laughs> yeah i saw him parts of the caribbean oh I used to have a Legolas poster on my wall when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. Mm. <laughs> Kira Knightley, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No pirate is that cute. Mm -hmm. I mean... Just saying. Well, unless you... I guarantee, actually, people who have pirated software are probably that cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just the last point, just because it's a really quick story and I was really excited about it. Hollow Knight um, Silk Song is confirmed to be on PS4 and PS5. This is a really short story and PlayStation just tweeted about it and confirmed it, but it was kind of like up in the air because um, it's going to be on Game Pass, I guess. Uh, so, but they've oh. confirmed it will be on PlayStation 5 and I love Hollow Knight and an excuse to talk about Hollow Knight. So yeah, you play on PC though. Game. Um, I think I actually played this on Switch. I'm saying, but for the Silk Song, where would you play the sequel? Um, probably on my PlayStation Five, so I can get it on my big screen. Um, mm, when okay. games have like that small, those small intricate details, I like playing on a bigger screen. Um, so that way it's easier to kind of see those those details, so you don't like miss things. Sure. So yeah, I'll probably yeah. play it on my PlayStation Five. Yeah, would be my guess. Okay. I I, I don't. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I, I'm i almost certain that when... Maybe it wasn't like an official statement, but when whenever it was shown last and it said that it was Game Pass, I think somebody came out at, not long after that trailer debuted and was like, it is coming to other platforms. Maybe they didn't explicitly say PlayStation, but I kind of... So I, they... I never doubted that it wasn't going to be on PlayStation. 
so I went back and read the like the news stories from then from when it was like shown. Mm. Um, and they confirmed every single platform except for PlayStation. Right. So it was like it, they like literally were like, yeah, it's going to be on Mac, Linux, Switch, <laughs> Xbox, like everything. And they didn't say anything about PlayStation. Okay. So um, I guess like they finally confirmed because PlayStation just basically tweeted like, hey, it's been confirmed that it's going to be yeah. on PlayStation. And that's all that was really said. So I don't know. But I think I think that they were like everything but PlayStation before. Yeah, I would have been I would have been annoyed. I think that. I, I mean, this is this probably going to bite me in the ass if I say it, but I, I find it weird if there was. A, a dev that made the original game for a platform and then didn't make the sequel for that platform without having been acquired or some publishing mm -hmm. deal, which we didn't know was the case for Silk Song. So I guess I was just naively thinking, of course it will be, but I'm yeah. with you, Brie, that I, I am relieved. Um, I will be playing it on PS5, and if it has a platinum, I will get it like I did for Hollow Knight. Still haven't uh, played it yet. It's it's going to be a really the original, good experience. The original, yeah. Yeah. I'm scared of Metroidvanias because I get lost. <laughs> it's a good kind of lost. Okay. I'd be Metroidvania. And the music that, is though. so good. The music and the like, the like ambiance of like the world. Like you can just literally like leave the green game path. running and it's like, oh, yes, green path. I also love the like city area. Anyways, oh, it's so good. So good. Love it. Awesome. Okay, that was the last new story that, that I was wanted last to new touch story. on. <laughs> so now we transition into our segment called Limitless, where we talk about whatever we want. Uh, does anyone have some very urgent things that they want to discuss? We have a list here. For I'm listeners. Anybody take your pick. I'm glad to do whatever whatever anybody has a preference. <laughs> I don't apart from maybe the last one because. <laughs> That was an oh, evil laugh. I'm so glad you knew what I was laughing about. Let's talk about the last one. Okay, oh, no. I'm going to read it then. If you could call one person from PlayStation, past or present, on the banana phone. It has to be on the banana phone. <laughs> Who are you calling and what are you talking about? <laughs> Sam's like, I don't even want to talk to anybody if when I got to use the banana phone. When you say from PlayStation, are you referring to like corporate or anyone involved in PlayStation-owned studios or corporate? Yes. Anyone involved in PlayStation, uh, whether it's like studios that they own, whether it's somebody actually at PlayStation. I know. I have an, I have an idea. To speak to. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll let you borrow the banana phone. Who are you calling? Okay. No, Sam goes. I, yeah. I, I, I would call, uh, and to be fair, like, there are so many creative people that I would want to speak to on so many different for so many different reasons just to hear about. Like I, I would want to talk to Corey Barlog about tons of things, um, even Neil Druckmann. Um, but the person I would choose is actually Sean Layden. Um, I would Ooh. talk to Sean Layden, and I would specifically want to know about the uh, events that led to his departure from from playstation um because that was very abrupt and sort of out of nowhere when he left and it was very unceremonious as well like it, from what i can recall it was just a tweet where he was like as of today or or something or in the near future i am you know um stopping my my tenure at playstation 
and there's not ever really been an explanation as to why that was around the time that um it went from like andrew house to jim ryan so like the change in top top leadership changed so you can make assumptions but i would really want to sort of pick his brain apart and and understand was he forced out um was it that jim wanted to take place in playstation in a different direction and they had differing ideas on on what the future held um i think there's a really interesting story there so that's what i would use the damned banana phone for <laughs> Taylor, who are you calling on the banana? Um, so I'm going to call Fumito Ueda, mm. who, for those who don't know, it was the mastermind behind uh, Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, or is it Ico? Uh, I think uh, either. I, either yeah. I, I've Ico, used Shadow, both. Shadow of the Colossus and um, Last Guardian. I loved Shadow of the Colossus and The Last Guardian. Last Guardian specifically, I know a lot of people were mixed on it. I absolutely love the game and personally connected with it a ton. It has the most, it has the best interaction of an animal, mm -hmm. animal NPC to a player that actually the best NPC player interaction that I've had was in the last guardian. So I'd love to talk to him and pick his brain about how he designs his very artful games and the themes behind them. I played shadow of the Colossus the first time um, with the remake in 20 from 2018. And that was excellent as well. So I haven't played Ico yet, but I plan to emulate it one day. Um, but I'd love to talk to him and just learn more about his process, his outlook on things, and how he designs his games. Because they go deep in terms of not necessarily lore, but underlying meaning, symbology, things like that. Mm. So for me to await it. Nice. Okay, that's a great, both great choices. Okay, so for mine, um, my initial thought was Neil Druckmann. However... And I think like almost anybody that's involved with like the story pieces um, would be a really great phone call for me just to be like, hey, like, what do you recommend? Um, having conversations with those types of people is very, uh, it's very helpful and informative a lot of the times where it's like, okay, what do you recommend that I do next? Um, like, what should I be looking for in my portfolio pieces, stuff like that. Um, and like also just talking about like what the work that they've done. Um, however, I have to say that my choice for that conversation would be Genova Chen. Um, and for those who don't know Genova Chen, um, they are one of the uh, they're one of the co-founders of that game company. So they did Flow, Flower, Journey, Cloud, Sky, all of that um, stuff. Um, Genova Chen um, is one of the best subtle storytellers. Um, that I've ever seen um, and come across. And so just being able to pick their brain about like, like, where do you, where does this come from? Like, like, I don't know, just be able to sit and like chat with them about like those games, about their journey, about like their storytelling skills. Um, I just feel like would be really helpful and informative. Even if I want to write something that's a little bit more story heavy, such as like the last of us, I feel like pulling from somebody like Genova Chen, where you get those like um, almost hidden pieces of story um, would, would be really great. So that's who I'm calling on the banana phone. Nice. You guys want to hit one more or you guys want to be done? Awesome. Uh, I think, I like to be done just because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And it's nothing to do with you guys, just the COVID vaccine and the it's past catching week. up with it's you. It's everything to do with us. Yeah, you're right. I hate you. Uh, I know. So yeah, we can cross off the banana phone. Great. We can. Great. Actually, we can extend this into a running joke where we talk the banana phone, but for separate companies. I don't think so. That, that, let's get rid of it. Yeah, banana it's a great that's idea, Sam. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that next me... time. It's, next time it's gonna be Donkey Kong on the banana phone. Yeah, I no, love. No, no, don't, don't, no. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. It's cool. I uh, like the but, banana phone. <laughs> I'm with Bree here. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> you can find us on YouTube.com/slash Save the Game Media or Twitter at Save Game Media. Don't forget to check out our Discord again if you want to hang out. Links are in the show notes. Uh, where can people find you, Bree? Uh, you can find me at Fabulist Brianna, um, F-A-B-U-L-I-S-T-B-R-E-A-N-N-A. Awesome. How about you, Sam? People can find me on Twitter at Sam Heaney. That's H-E-A-N-E-Y. Cool. All right. You guys can find me on MySpace at, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> I know out of uh, MySpace. <laughs> but, but I do go on Discord often. So you can find me on Discord as Taylor. Um, you also might know me in other communities like Harpool Gaming or PSVG as TPR or even Trevor. Thanks to Ryan Turford. Go <laughs> go to the Carpool Gaming Discord if you want the story on that. Um, and you can find me on PlayStation at Mr. Carter 9. I figured I'd include this. So it's Mr. MR Carter 9. The word 9 spelled out. All one word. Um, but yeah. Um, and the rest of my Switch info and Steam info and Xbox info is all on the Squad Up channel in the Discord. So check out the Discord. But uh, yeah. Until next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.